Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Amen. So our um, title of our lesson for tonight is The Power of Prayer. And uh, we have some nuggets, so I'm going to go ahead and cover those nuggets. And then we'll go ahead and... um, and uh, talk about them. So the first nugget is, prayer is communication with the almighty creator of heaven and earth who loves us and invites us into his presence. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is communication with the almighty creator of heaven and earth who loves us and invites us into his presence. And then our next nugget is God's great love for us has opened up the door for us to have easy access to the Father. And we'll talk about how important that is. And then the last nugget is my words, your words, my words of supplication moves the heart of the king of the universe. And I'm going to read that one again. Our words of supplication moves the heart of the king of the universe. And so let's go ahead and begin talking about prayer as the communication with the almighty creator of heaven and earth. And sometimes, you know, I know um, uh, when, you, when people hear the word prayer, very often we find that... Um, there's a number of mixed emotions that come along with that word. And uh, very often people are a little fearful when they hear the word prayer because they're afraid somebody's going to call on them to pray. Uh, they might feel a little guilty about prayer because they know they should be praying and they're not praying. They're a little apprehensive about prayer because they know they have prayed and they haven't seen all the answers of things they have been praying for. And um, then there are some people who feel they're just not worthy, worthy enough to have God answer their prayers. So rather than praying for themselves, they'll go to mama or grandma or somebody else, Aunt Sue, and have, her, have them pray because they don't think they're worthy and God will not hear their prayers. And then uh, some people will say, well, you know, I pray, but I just I, I believe in praying quietly and, and privately. I don't think I need to make a thing out of it. Okay. So people got all different kind of reactions to prayer. But what you need to understand is that prayer is communication with the almighty creator of heaven and earth. And he loves us. We got to get a good handle on that. He loves us. And he wants us. He invites us. He invites us to come into his presence. And the way we do that is through prayer. So really, prayer ends up being the power tool of the Christian. And that's how we communicate with God. And so, uh, you know, sometimes we kind of, I think one reason why we get a little stuck when it comes to prayer is because sometimes uh, we have turned prayer into a vocal performance. In other words, the person who prays the best 
because they have this long, elegant, eloquent speech pattern, and it really sounds good. And so we say they are great prayers, great prayer warriors. And then the little person who's quiet and might say a very short prayer, we don't consider them a prayer warrior in a sense, okay? And that, and that is uh, kind of a, 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 a issue that we have created as believers in the church. We've created that issue because that's definitely not true. And so um, Charles Surgeon uh, said that prayer was a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. He called it a spiritual transaction. And I believe that's what it is. And then uh, you also have to remember that when, we, when you pray, the Lord God Jehovah, the Lord himself, the king of kings, the commander of the armies of heaven, hear me. Think about that. He created the world. He created the universe. And when I sit down and pray, and I can just say it in a whisper, Father, I just want to talk to you today. I could just say it in a whisper, and he hears me. Go to Psalms 4, verse number 3. Psalms 4, verse number 3. And it says, but now that the Lord has set apart for himself and given distinction to him who is godly, the man of loving kindness, the Lord listens and heeds when I call to him. The Lord listens and heeds when I call to him. We have to remember that. The God of the universe heeds and listens when I call out to him. Doesn't that get you excited? To know that God will do that for you? He'll stop and listen to you? That's, that's, that's exciting to me. And then if you look at Psalms 5, verse number 3, it says, In the morning you hear my voice. O Lord, in the morning I prepare a prayer, a sacrifice for you, and watch and wait for you to speak to my heart. So not only is he praying and talking to God in the morning, but he's also waiting and listening to hear what God has to say back to him. That's phenomenal. You mean I can talk to God and then he in turn will turn and talk to me? That's awesome. That's awesome. Especially when I don't think I am deserving of it. But if you are born again and you are a believer, God will take the time to listen and then talk to you. That's phenomenal. And then let's go to John, First uh, John, First John five, First John five, and we're going to look at verses fourteen and fifteen, I believe. And I'll be there in about one minute. First John five, verses fourteen and fifteen. And what that says is, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will in agreement with his own plan, he listens 
and hears us. He listens and hears us. Once again, confirming that the God of the universe, the God who created you, the God who created the seas, the God who created the heavens, the God who created the, 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 um, the mountains, that same God listens to me and he hears me. Matter of fact, he's the same God who parted the Red Sea. Just think about that. When you get down on your knees to talk to God, you're talking to the same God who parted the Red Sea. You're talking to the same God that brought the Israelites out of Egypt. You're talking to the same God that caused the Jericho walls to fall. Think about that. When you get to talk to God, that's who you're talking to. You're not just talking to somebody who is, you know, like, like your friend down the street. You are talking to the God who uh, totally dismantled the Babylonians. Just think about that. He wiped out the whole Egyptian army in the Red Sea. That's the same God you're talking to. And um, so it's when we're, when, we, when, we, when we're praying, it really, we need to consider it uh, almost a privilege. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to talk to the same God that talked to Moses. It's the same God that used Joshua to take the land for the Israelites. He's the same God. And I'm talking to him. That's awesome. And that is a privilege. And if we see it as a privilege, I don't think we'll ever take prayer lightly again. If we see it as a privilege, if we see it as an honor. As a matter of fact, uh, I don't know anybody else on this planet that you know. I don't care if they got billions of dollars that has the resume that God has. You rubbing shoulders with God when you get on your knees and talk to him. That is phenomenal. I think that's phenomenal. Okay. And the thing about this, the, on top of that, God invites you. This is the part I think we don't really grasp 100%. God invites us. He wants us to come talk to him. He desires that we talk to him. And he doesn't, you know, in the Old Testament times, and I, I just got finished uh, reading um, um, uh, in Leviticus, and I'm in Numbers now. And the whole time I'm reading it, I'm just going, Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you that he died on the cross. I am just so grateful. And I tell you what, you read that, and you, you begin to understand because as you're reading, that he had all kinds of, rules and regulations on how they can approach God and how they and they had to do uh had to bring a certain sacrifice and if they didn't bring the sacrifice just the right way uh then they got cut off from the people I mean this is constantly you know every every 10 verses you know you get cut off from the people if you don't do it a certain way and so I'm looking at this going Lord Jesus thank you for the for Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us because we have the freedom to go to God. That's awesome. And so what God, what, what God wants us to come to him, how does he want us to come to him? Well, first of all, he wants us to come to him in faith and within the will of God. So you have to be in faith and you also have to pray in the will of God. Now, I'm going to say this. If you don't spend time in this, 
in the word, if you don't spend time in the word, then you'll have a little difficulty with the faith part and you'll have a lot of difficulty with the will of God part, okay? But God asks us to come to him in faith and the will of God. Let's go to Mark 11. Mark 11. And that's a well-known scripture. Mark 11. And we're going to go to verses um, 22 to 25. Mark 11, 22 to 25. And it says, And whenever you stand praying... If you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it and let it go. In order that your father who is in heaven. Am I reading the right? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong place. Uh, 11. I'm sorry. 1125 is where I should be. I was in 12. I apologize. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Did I? Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. And Jesus replied and said to them, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place. It will be done for him. Could you imagine? For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. Could imagine anything you ask God for. And so I'm sitting here thinking there's a lot of things we're asking God for. We're not seeing the results. So... And God's not the problem because he's already said, if you ask for it, right, in faith, he will do it for us. Isn't that what it says there? It says he, if, if we ask in faith, he will do it. And if we literally say to that mountain, and I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that he meant what he said. If I say be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in all his heart, it will happen. Now, I think that the, the New Testament saints in Acts were a good example of that. Because when they went out into the uh, community in the byways and the highways, they laid hands on the sick and they recovered. They caused blinded eyes to be open. They caused the lame to get up and walk. And they were so powerful at some point that all their shadow had to do was fall on somebody. And the lives of people were changed. And so I'm saying that as believers, what we have to start doing is we have to start, first of all, recognizing that when we're talking to God, we are talking to the God Almighty, the most all-powerful God. And when we realize we're talking to him, then we expect things to happen as we pray because uh, he has, first of all, promised that it would. And, he does not, and the Bible says God is not a liar, right? So he promised that he would, but also uh, because... Um, uh, not only did he promise that he would do it, because he is powerful, and there's nothing impossible with him. Nothing impossible with him, okay? So nugget number two said, God's great love for us has opened up the door 
for us to have easy access to the Father. Okay? Easy access to the Father. And as I said before, if you go and read the Old Testament, you notice that access to the Father was not easy. It was definitely challenging. And God removed all that. He made it easy for us so that we could just um, just walk and really, we could pray anywhere we want to, okay? In the Old Testament, you had sections. You had the outer court, the inner court, and then the Holy of Holies. You don't have to go through all that to get to the Holy of Holies. Jesus died. He went to the cross. And now we have access to the Father, to the very throne of grace. And we can freely do it. And you don't know how wonderful it is to know that we are free to enter God's presence. Sometimes because it, we have, because it has been so free, I think we begin to take it for granted. Because we see we can pray anytime we want to. We can pray any way we want to. You can be on your knees. You can stand up. You can lay down. You can sit in your car. You know, any, any, any place you want to, right? Any time you want to, you can pray. And so I think it's become so easy, we just take it for granted. And we don't always, sometimes when things are easy, we don't always value it. It's just like parents who grew up uh, in poverty, and they had great poverty challenges, and they have finally worked themselves up to a point where they now have, um, have a, enough money to lavish a few things on their children. And then they get upset because their children take what they provide for them for granted. And they're sitting there thinking, if I had that when I was a child, I would be saying thank you every five minutes. But you don't realize with that child, that comfort has been always around them. They don't know anything about not having, okay? So they don't react the same way you would have if you were all of a sudden transitioned into this position. And the same thing with us, I think, very often what happens is because we have been in this dispensation of grace and, and, and really, in some ways, it has become so much easier, we take it for granted. And we think that it's, you know, if we, if we pray, it's okay, and if we don't, it's okay. You know, I'll catch up tomorrow or I'll catch up later on. And God's never ordained it to be that way. And, um, uh, and, and so... You, God is actually inviting you to come see him, and he will intervene on your behalf. That's the most wonderful part about that. He will intervene on your behalf. And so as you, um, as you, matter of fact, on top of that, let me, let me, let me tell you how, how much God, I'm going to tell you how much God loves you. He loves you so much that not only did he remove all those barriers that kept us from getting to him and praying to him easily, not only has he done that, then he said, okay, I, these people need help. Uh, they probably are not going to do everything I asked them to do. So I am going to send the Holy Spirit, and I am not even going to have the Holy Spirit walk alongside them. I'm going to put the Holy Spirit in them. Okay, and the Holy Spirit is going to help them pray. Now, you know, we, it's amazing to me how we just overstep all of that and still not do it. 
Isn't that amazing how we do that? How we just overstep all of that? God has, he, he, he knew you wouldn't be able to keep that prayer time up the way you should. So he said, okay, I'm going to put my spirit in them. And the Holy Spirit's going to help them pray. And if you look at Romans 8, 8.26, Romans 8.26, I'm sorry, Romans, yeah, Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 26. Verse 26, what does that say? It says, so too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears up us up in our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it, worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. Could you imagine? And he who searches the hearts of men knows what's in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads. He intercedes and pleads before God. So as you are praying, not only is God listening and he's hearing you, but the Holy Spirit is also praying on your behalf for the perfect answer to this problem. And that's one reason why we want to make sure we do some praying in the spirit. Everything can't be in English. Some things you don't understand. Okay. So, uh, the next one, the next nugget I want to touch base on is uh, number three is um, my words are all words of supplication moves the heart of the king of the universe. You mean me praying moves God? Yes. You praying moves God. And you need to understand that if you are covered with the blood of Jesus and you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, God moves on your behalf because he's always honoring what Jesus did for you on the cross. So he's going to move for you and he hasn't bypassed you. He loves you. And he is going to move for you. Let's go to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. And we're going to look at verses... Uh, 21 and 22. And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and a firm relying trust and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will be done. And then he says, And whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith, and really believing, you will receive. And so you have to first understand that you, as a child of God, you have a right to come before the throne of grace. Christ paid the price, so you can come before the throne of grace. And then when you pray, not only does God hear your prayers, but he is going to answer your prayers. And that's where the great faith comes in. You have got to believe that he will move for you. He loves you that much. And so when God moves, guess what? 
amazing and incredible things happen. He changes your circumstances. He softens hearts. He saves parents and children. I know some of you have seen this happen in your own life, so I know you said they're going, yes, he does. He gives the peace that passes all understanding. He intervenes with financial provision, and he brings reconciliation. And so God, when we pray, we bring God into the everyday details of our life. And believe me, he does not get bored with it. It's okay to talk to him about those type of things also. Now, granted, we want to be able to go out and pray for others. But by the same token, there's some things in our lives that he definitely cares about. And the strength and power in prayer can, strength and power in prayer can change the world. So the world that we live in, we can literally change that world by praying. And I think as believers, we have got to get a handle on that one. Because right now, the world that we're in is not one that I think we want to keep this way, right? And we know that as we band together as believers, there's great power and strength in us in numbers that we can change things around. And one of the things Bishop talks about all the time, he says, when we come back together as a, as a body, he doesn't want it to be the same as it was. He wants something different. And if you want to see something different, we've got to pray. We've got to pray. We've got to seek God's, God's face. God, what do you have for this ministry? What do you want us to do? How do you want us to change how we've been doing things so we can have a greater impact on, on the people? Because I think, I think all of us have figured out by now that we are in the last days. I think most of us have figured that one out, right? We're in the last days. And so it won't be long before Jesus comes. There's a world hurting that needs to hear from us. And so we need to ask we need to get on our knees and pray and say, God, what, how, do, how, do we, how do we do this? How do we do this? And God will give you the answer. And so uh, I'm going to say it again. I can't say it enough times. But God hears you when you pray. And he will answer your prayers. And so uh, and, and miracles happen when we pray. And so I'm going to ask you a question. Do you live in overwhelming ungodly times? And if the answer is yes, what you need to do is pray. Do you face circumstances that are far beyond our ability to change? Do you have circumstances in your life that are far above your ability to change? Then pray. Do you sense personal inadequacy in any area of your life? Pray. When you bring it to God and pray, you'll be amazed how he moves supernaturally. And so, I, you know, I'm going to say this in closing. How, how, um, how long do you pray? When do you pray? Well, I'm going to say that, has, that's a, that depends on you. Uh, for some people, early morning works. For me, early morning works. You know, um, as I'm... Um, Getting a little bit older, uh, I'm waking up early and earlier. I'm up at 4 o'clock, so it's easy for me to go pray early in the morning. Uh, you know, when I had small children, uh, a lot of times I prayed after I put them down. They went down to 8 o'clock, and I could go pray at that point. So it just depends on your lifestyle when you pray. But my point is that you need to pray, okay? And then the other thing is, 
um, how long do you pray? How long do you pray? And my answer to that is, it depends. It depends on the situation. It depends. There's sometimes, there have been times in my life when the prayer has been about this long, okay? Very short. Give you a good example. Uh, and this is the kind of prayer that, you know, sometimes you have things in your life that don't mean anything to anybody but you, okay? And those are the, the prayers that when God answers those for me, it takes my faith to a whole other level because I know this little, he did this little thing for me, just like he knows the number of hairs on my head. And so, good example, I, we had moved, this is my first, we moved into our first house. And um, we uh, had moved from a townhouse into a, a three-bedroom house. And um, we were, I spent all day Saturday moving. Uh, had friends of us helping us move. We didn't have a moving company. And so it was an all-day ordeal, okay? And so we finally got everything into the house, and moved. And when we finally got, put, I put everything, all the, all the dishes and pots and stuff in the dishwasher, washed that stuff, and getting ready to put the pots and pans and dishes away. And noticed that I had a, um, a dish set that I really liked and couldn't find the top to the sugar bowl. Now, you know that is not a big item, right? And in somebody else's life, they're probably going, you've got to be joking, right? Okay, but that was important to me. And so when I noticed it was missing, and they had been back and forth to the house, the old house, several times, and several times they took all some of the paper we wrapped stuff in, took it back to the dumpster and dumped it in the dumpster. And, uh, and, and you know, my late husband, type, total type A personality, he decided he was going to go back to the old apartment and look for this, 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 uh, this top. Now, it, you know, I wanted to have it, but it wasn't that important, okay? But he was going to go, and I know his personality. He was going to go through every, he would have been in that dumpster five hours if he had to be until he found it. So I knew when he, as soon as he left the door, my prayer was, God, please help him. Send an angel and help him find that uh, top because, I, you know, we have church tomorrow. He can't be out all night looking for something as minor as a, top to a sugar dish okay and this is the this is the kicker okay he goes over to the old place lifts up the lid for the dumpster and the top is sitting right on top it's almost like god had went and got an angel and sat it right there just so he can get it. he didn't have to look or nothing just it was sitting right there and he just got it and came on back home and I just thought that was phenomenal because I'm thinking you know God that's you know it, it sounds silly okay but those are the kind of things when you know God finds that you when I think he's there's something like that that's so minor it's important to him that he's going to respond to my prayer in that case that's phenomenal and then long prayers give another example and then I'm going to stop okay uh uh and it's um, my, um, my uh, youngest daughter, uh, when she was about 18 months, started having what they call bladder, bladder spasms. And her bladder would literally, they would, have, they would just be like this. And um, they would get so intense that we literally would have to take her to emergency. Uh, they would knock her out, give her some medicine, knock her out, and she would literally be in the hospital two, three days until the spasms wore off, and then she'd come home. And we had done it so many times that 
after a while, they would, they would just give her the shot, and she would come, he would bring, my, and they would bring, we would bring her back home, and she would sleep it off at home. Well, this went on for about probably close to two years. And, uh, you know, we'd gone from doctor to doctor trying to figure out what is going on. They didn't have any answers for us. Uh, and then finally we went to one urologist, and his answer was, let's go ahead. We could sever the nerve uh, going to the bladder. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Is that an answer? Uh, you know, you're not even talking about long-term repercussions of this, okay? And I'm going, no, that's not going to happen. And so... Um, a few weeks after that, they kept changing medication and mixing medication, and she was getting, you know, some of that medication made her loopy and great, but she had a, another attack of these bladder spasms. So uh, my late husband took her down to the hospital to get her shot, and they were gone. I'll never forget it was a Monday. They were gone so long, now I'm getting concerned. This was before cell phones, right? And now I'm getting concerned. Um, they've been gone a long time. And so finally, about four or five hours later, he comes on back and he says uh, they really didn't want to let her go because of, you know, the medicine was just kind of getting to be too much for her. And um, I never forget because that was, I mean, when I tell you she would have them two, three times a week, she would have these uh, bladder spasms. It was just getting really intense. And finally, I just said, okay, uh, that night, I stayed up all night. I did not go to bed. I would not go to bed. I stayed up, and I prayed all night long. And it's like, God, you have got to move for this child. We cannot do this again. I, just, I can't live for this anymore. I've got to have an answer. And I will tell you this. That is the last time. And I did not sleep until I got a release. And uh, that was the last day she had a blast. She hasn't had one since. And um, so God, you know, how long you pray, you pray till you get a release, whatever the situation is. You just pray till you get a release. And so God is, God is, God is awesome. And so if nothing else, I, I hope I kind of got you going, making you want to pray some more, get to praying, get to talking to the God of the universe, and watch him move on your behalf. And so God bless you. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.